G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Our guest at this time on a Tuesday each week, Alex Cook, the founder of Wealth With Purpose. Hello, Alex. Welcome back to 2020. Hey, Neil. Great to be again with you this week. Hey, Alex, this is, for a lot of Christians, uh, a topic to talk about as we get things underway. And uh, listeners might have a a question about uh, money on all sorts of different levels. But we want to talk about this issue around prosperity because uh, there's some who are really on the side of prosperity and some who are not Christians divided on the issues. Mm. I wonder whether we might start with something fairly basic, the thought that uh, does God want us to prosper? Yes, look, it's, as you say, it's an issue that causes uh, much division. Uh, And I guess one of the sad things really over the last uh, couple of decades is the word prosper or prosperity has been, in my view, it's kind of been hijacked. (laughs) It's been hijacked by the, you know, the prosperity gospel movement. And as such, it's become distorted. I mean, prosperity is a good thing. I mean, prosperity comes, in my view, comes from God. Uh, of course, the question is, what is prosperity, I think, is is the real question. Um, and to me, it's it, in one sense, you could argue it's a no-brainer. God is a loving father. Of course, he wants his children to prosper. Now, there may be times where he withholds that because he's trying to discipline us or teach us and so forth. Um, but in general, uh, I think when you look at the word prosperity and we look at through the context of God as a loving father, I don't know too many fathers don't who don't want their kids to do well. And when I say that, I mean across all sorts of things, not just financial, which is obviously how the word is often interpreted. When we hear the word prosperity, we tend to think of it as a financial thing. Uh, but scripture would really argue it's far broader than that. Um, I mean, if you were to use a dictionary definition, um, you know, a great one is that it's to advance or gain in anything good or desirable, which I think is a very good uh, definition and very useful, I think, from a Christian. We do want to gain in our spiritual maturity. We do want to advance and gain in our, uh, in our relationships. We, you know, we want to prosper in those things. And in fact, there's a, a, a very well-quoted passage from 3 John that says, I pray that you may po- prosper in every way and be good in health physically, just as you are spiritually. So prosperity is far greater than purely a financial thing. It's, it's, it's much, much more in-depth than that. Um, and of course, when we think about it from God's perspective, I actually think God is far more concerned with our character uh, than he is with our bank balance. Um, but in saying that, what I think the mistake that some Christians make is they view that Christians shouldn't be wealthy, that wealth is somehow sinful, uh, that creating it or accruing it are against God's plan. And, and that's simply not true. Wealth can be a good thing, um, but reality is it can be also a dangerous thing if it's um, either misused or if you fall in love with it. You know, many of the passages in the Bible warn us against falling in love with money. So 
to answer the question, though, does God want us to prosper? The answer is yes, of course, absolutely. He loves us. He wants us to, uh, to do well. He wants us to flourish. I mean, one of the fantastic things, I think, from if you live out the Bible, you will live out a life that I believe will lead to human flourishing. And if our society um, followed the Bible, we would have uh, a society that flourishes in, in so many different ways. It would be fantastic. So it's a good thing, um, prosperity, but we just need to keep it in its proper context and look at it you know, through the lens of all of Scripture rather than just cherry-pick some of the, the passages that tend to imply that we're going to become wealthy overnight kind of thing, which is what some preachers obviously do. So you've got these extremes. You've got the prosperity gospel on one extreme, and some might say, well, if you're reactionary against some of the ill things that come with the prosperity gospel, you almost inclined to adopt an austerity gospel where, uh, you know, you want to shun mm. wealth. And, and there'd be people throughout the history of the church you could point to and say these were sort of an austerity type of uh, focus of faith. But let's talk about this prosperity gospel for a moment uh how do you describe uh, mm. what the pro- the prosperity gospel is and we might be all getting a little bit of an adjustment on our thinking about how we approach these things yeah look there's no specific definition but you know you often hear hear the term health and wealth gospel um but really the implication of it is that it, it imp- the Prosperity gospel implies that basically there's a linear connection between our faithfulness, uh, particularly in giving, uh, and that will therefore lead to an increase in wealth and, of course, good health as well. I often call it give to get. You know, it's it's cause and effect. Um, and look, it's what it's, it's built on a lot of half truths because if you look in scripture, you know, you look in the New Testament of the whole concept of you know sowing and reaping that 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 has a similar feel to it. But what this does is takes it one step further. It basically implies is this sort of direct connection. If I give, and you know, some people say, you know, if you tithe ten percent, you know, God will then do X for you. It, it's a give to get theology, and of course, it's it's very dangerous, and it it fails to explain why some faithful Christians suffer. You know, all of us would know someone who is, you know, a very loving and faithful Christian, but for whatever reason have suffered greatly uh, during their lifetime, whether it's a health issue or even a financial one. And of course, it doesn't explain also why so many unrighteous people in our society uh, prosper as well. And I think where it fails, I think it kind of redefines faith. And basically it implies that and if I use giving as the analogy, if you give, you get, and therefore, by default, you've you've had faith. You know, it's whereas if you don't get, then you didn't have enough faith in the first place. So it's it's kind of built around all this sort of positive thinking, whereas true faith is more about having a trust in the Word of God. Um, and so the danger of this is basically this prosperity gospel is basically telling people that they'll be financially blessed and it's basically almost guaranteed on their faithfulness. And that, to me, is a dangerous one. And the same, of course, applies to health. You know, if they've got poor health, then they, they think that can be explained away by just weak faith. So the implications of it, though, I think are very dangerous because let's take poor people. Um, poor people are therefore deemed to be poor due to some sort of spiritual deficiency. And and that is uh, offensive, but it's also false. Um, What it doesn't allow for 
is what I call structural evils in unjust societies across the world. If you live in certain places, you'll find it very difficult to prosper simply because the laws of those countries work against you. I mean, if I was to pick on uh, one country, uh, Argentina, where inflation is presently about 50%, uh, Argentines, the way they protect themselves from that inflation is through buying US dollars rather than holding pesos. But the government limits the amount they um, they can buy, and therefore each year they're sitting on devaluing pesos. So it becomes very hard for someone to prosper and get ahead. And of course, you could uh, transpose that, that analogy across many countries around the world. There's uh, basically structural reasons why it's very difficult to prosper, as opposed to because of, of a lack of faith. Um, the other danger that it leads to, though, is it has an overemphasis on temporal financial well-being. You know, it's basically about having today rather than being willing to sacrifice and focus on eternity. So when I look at stewardship as a Christian perspective and what we encourage and teach people is that you have an eternal focus to your money. You know, you want to sow into things, not because of what God's going to give you. Um, and of course, God does reward us. I mean, there's no, that you, when you, there's no way of getting around it. When you read scripture, God will reward us for, our, for the way we live our life. Um, but the emphasis of that, in my view, is on eternity and, and being rewarded in eternity for what we've done with this life. Um, Whereas the prosperity gospel was very much temporal in its nature. So given that the implications are really serious, so for every single believer to get a right understanding, getting a right balance uh, about what it is to prosper, uh, and the fact that if you've got uh, the falsehoods of the prosperity doctrine, I wonder if we can somehow rather here make it easy for listeners, Alex, about a biblical model of what prosperity actually looks like, because clearly it does include money. And so if money is the sticking point there. Uh, let's talk about a, a biblical model. Yeah, well, look, let's just, going back to what you were saying right at the very start, there is the other extreme, and that's what you could call the poverty gospel, if you like, or the poverty doctrine. And really, that's the idea that everything is scarce. You know, Christians shouldn't have much. We really should be, we should be, you know, poor. We really shouldn't save and accumulate anything. Um, and that, to me, is the other extreme and is equally as bad as the prosperity doctrine. It just doesn't sound as bad. You know, the prosperity doctrine is the one that gets all the media time, uh, you know, in, in the Christian world, and, and therefore it's easily attacked. Whereas the one that's seen as more, you know, pious and everything is the prosperity gospel. And that, to me, is equally as dangerous too. And it's, a, it's built on a falsehood. So to me, the middle ground is the reality here. And that's the concept of stewardship, you know, which we've talked about this word uh, many times on this program before. But stewardship is really built around a simple understanding that everything we have is God's. You know, Psalm 24 verse 1 says, the earth is the Lord's, including all those that dwell in it. So all of us, you know, we belong to God. So it starts with the fact that God owns everything and therefore we are his stewards. So he is God, so he has all the rights <laughs> and we are the stewards, we're the managers. So we actually have all the responsibilities of stewarding that money well. So it starts with this idea Everything's owned by God, and we are responsible to steward it well. But then it takes it one step further, and really the next step is accountability. You know, the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is expected. You know, we're going to be called to account one day 
of how we've used the money that God's given us. And so we want to make sure that we use whatever he's given us, whether it's a little or a lot, we want to make sure that we use it really well. And then finally, the last one, and this is one not to be diminished, is you will in fact be rewarded. Um, there's no hesitation when you look through the New Testament, you will see that, a, and in fact even the Old Testament, that a generous life will be rewarded. Um, so I think stewardship, though, what we need to change in, in, in Christendom is we need to start adopting a bigger picture of stewardship and focusing on what God is doing in the broader world, not just in church buildings and, and, and you know building projects and so forth. Because often when we think about giving and we're talking about prosperity, it's often in the church context when people are talking about that kind of thing. Whereas I think we need to have a much bigger picture of stewardship and focus on how we can use our money uh, to build God's kingdom and to be part of what God is doing across the world. Um, but it's also about having a balanced perspective. And there's a great passage in Ecclesiastes, chapter 7, verse 11, which I, I love because it gives you a, a balance. And it says this, it says, Enjoy prosperity while you can, but when hard times strike, realize that both come from God. Remember that nothing is certain in this life. You know, we live in a fallen world. We, we know that good things can happen and bad things happen. And that's our, most of, for most of us, that's our daily experience. So it's about having this balanced perspective and becoming a good steward uh, with what God has put in your hands, um, focusing on eternity with what he's given you and knowing that you'll be rewarded one day for living out um, that, uh, that stewardship. Alex, how can we look at the attitudes of our own hearts around these issues of stewardship and money and prosperity? Uh, we no doubt struggle in a lot of areas. How do you pinpoint some of these areas that you might adjust in getting a right biblical attitude to money? Mm. Look, I think it's, it's a, there's a couple of areas that I think we need to focus on. When it comes to, to money, we need to develop good habits. Uh, and what I mean by that is we need to develop the habits of, of giving generously, the habits of saving and putting money aside for the future. Um, we need to guard our hearts. You know, the Bible talks about this idea of guarding your heart and being aware of the spiritual issues that can afflict us when it comes to money. Um, some of the obvious ones are things like identity. Are you getting your identity from your money? Does the, you know, the car you drive or the kind of school you send, you send your kids to, is that kind of thing shaping how you feel about yourself um, because you're, you're getting your identity through money as opposed to getting it through being a child of God? Are you always wanting more? You know, there's, the Bible warns us against greed. You know, we, it's nothing wrong with accumulating, particularly accumulating with purpose, but it's that in sort of insatiable desire for more that becomes problematic. And then, of course, the other danger is that we idolize money. You know, we fall in love with it and we, we begin to serve it. And idolatry these days, in fact, I think it was Timothy Keller who famously said in one of his books called Counter for Gods, he said, you know, idolatry in the West today is usually in good things that get taken too far. You know, owning a home, and we've talked about home ownership many times, uh, is a good thing. But sometimes people overdo it. You know, they, they fall in love with it. And of course, they then go and borrow too much money. So there's all these kind of spiritual issues that can affect our, our um, stewardship. Um and of course, laziness, the Bible warns us that laziness can lead to uh, poverty. So there's all sorts of things we can do 
to uh, you know to flip it around the other way and become more prosperous i believe but we just need to learn good stewardship learn good habits and make sure we're aware of the spiritual issues that have afflicted us and these are the sorts of things we talk about week on week on a tuesday opportunity like this if you get the stewardship right uh, there's nothing saying you ought not to prosper. And so uh, what, did you, what would you say, Alex, are those things that cause uh, the believer to prosper? I mean, if you, obviously, if you're uh, you know, overcoming some of those issues around disobedience or laziness or uh, those uh, poor habits that we might have around money, that's going to be a, a good start here. But, but what is it that causes mm. a believer to actually prosper? Mm. Look, if you want a great model, the book of Proverbs, I think, is superb for this. It really lays out a couple of key principles. Uh, and so let me, let me uh, I guess, give uh, listeners a couple of key ones. One is generosity, right? Proverbs eleven twenty five says, The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So that's a very important uh, concept for us as believers is that we are in the business of blessing others. You know, we should be a conduit of God's blessings to other people. And when we do that, um, God will look after us and we will prosper. You know, in fact, in you know Matthew 6.33, we read that, yeah, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. In other words, God's going to take care of you and look after you when you focus on him and his kingdom. So that's, that's the first one. Be generous. That's a really important one. The other thing is work hard. You know, Proverbs 13, 4 says, lazy people want much, but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. You know, hard work is a is a good thing. Now, of course, people can overwork. You know, some people are workaholics, so we're not talking about that kind of thing. But working hard is a good thing, and that leads to prosperity in and of itself. And then there's integrity. This is one I like to talk about a lot because, to me, we need... Uh, you know, you see scandals daily these days in, in the in the in the church world and just in the political world. And you know, we're surrounded by scandals these days in the media. Um, but Proverbs once again paints a picture here. It says, "Upright citizens are good for a city and make it prosper." You know, if we want to see a prosperous nation, you know, one of my concerns um, in in Australia is the middle class are in, in decline. Uh, and you know, it's Australia is a very prosperous nation that is is losing that rapidly it's becoming more unequal but upright citizens are good for a city and they will help it to prosper and and then the last one is trust you know we talked about trusting in god and once again another another fabulous proverb here says greed causes fighting but trusting the lord leads to prosperity and so that's such a critical one here because when you trust the lord and you're trusting him for his provision as opposed to greed. Greed is this sort of insatiable desire. You're always chasing for more and more and more. And it, as it says here, it leads to turmoil, it leads to fighting. Whereas when you trust in God, you work hard, you have integrity, you have all these things, then prosperity will flow. Um, as I say, the only disclaimer to that is when we do find you know, in a broken world is, you know, if you live in an unjust society, there are things that will affect you. And that's the reality of living in a fallen world. But these proverbs are great principles to apply in your life. And undoubtedly, there needs to be a contrast between the people of God who are a part of the church uh, and people who are not a part of the church, uh, they're going to have a different idea about money. And so uh, there needs to be that sort of contrast. Uh, always great insights, Alex Cook. 
and uh, just bringing into focus uh, issues around prosperity and uh, poverty and uh, where we ought to be as stewards in the middle of all of that. Alex Cook is the founder of Wealth With Purpose. You can connect with Alex Cook through his website, wealthwithpurpose.com. And there's lots of good free resources available on Alex's website, free ebooks, the My Toolkit, there's video content, podcast content, wealthwithpurpose.com. You can also follow Alex on Facebook and on Twitter. You can also ask a question on the askalex at wealthwithpurpose.com email. And uh, Alex, just great getting your insights as always. Thanks so much for taking some time to share them again with us today on 2020. My pleasure, Neil. Always great to be with you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.